moving into a new series and coming out of the book of Acts and looking basically how we can engage our community through the gospel. Here, as we know, at Zion, we're trying so hard to build a better community. And definitely, we can't do it without our Lord and Savior. And so here it is that we're going to look definitely the beginning in the history, the early stages of the church, and how it was impacted by the gospel. We know that Jesus is our Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ, who has commissioned us to go and make disciples. But here it is, we're at the beginning stage about how they're going to get this done. If you have your Bible, if you mind opening again to Acts, the first uh, chapter, uh, I'm going to read from the New Living uh, a translation. I'm just going to read verses 4 and 5. Read verses 4 and 5. Those able to stand in honor of God's reading, you're welcome to do so. New Living Translation reads this way. It says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Praise God for his words. You may be seated as you take your seat. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them, wait for change. Amen. Amen. Tell your other neighbor, make sure they didn't fall asleep. Tell them the same thing. Wait for change. Yes. Now, I'm going to read to you from the New International Version, that same passage, Acts first chapter, uh, verses 4 to 5. And I want you to grab again uh, the content and the context of what Christ is telling them to do while he was saying they're sitting there fellowshipping with them. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be, what, baptized with the Holy Spirit. What I want to grab here is that New Living Translate tells that Jesus says, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. New International Version says that he says, I'll tell you to wait until the promise shows up. Mm. Have you ever came to a place where, where there might be a deli, might have been a barber shop, uh, might might have been a the uh, 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 like the, I used to, where I used to work the Social Security Administration office. You walk in, you see a red sign, and it tells you, "Please take a number and wait to be called." And so you take that number and you're waiting to be called. And oftentimes you don't go to those places unless you are in need of some service so you don't you don't just arbitrarily go places you know what today's the day i want to go find places to wait anybody do that before say so today's the day that i just want to see what it means to wait and go wait so now we we like to do do things on our times and matter of fact now waiting has become our art now that we bring stuff to wait right you back in the days everybody had magazines and articles and books already out there for you to look at while you're in there everybody brings out their gadgets right 
You know, whatever, whatever game might be, you know, you got, you got your game playing, you listen to your music, watching a movie or a video now, and, and that's what you do to help the time pass while you wait. But here it is, Christ is telling them, I want you to wait in a specific place in Jerusalem until the promise comes. And so think about what it means to wait for something you are, you've been waiting for. What does it feel like? Is do you have some anxiety? Do you have some patience? Do you say, I, I, I can wait till it to come, or are you in a hurry? I remember when I was in college and I suffered an injury playing basketball. I got a cut over my eye, and I, I, I couldn't drive. I didn't have a car, so I had to go to an RA's, and she took me to the emergency room. So here I am sitting in the emergency room with blood coming down my face. I'm holding the, the gauze over my eye, and I say, well, they're going to see the blood. They're going to see that I need some attention, so I should be called pretty soon. Wrong. Two hours later, I go in, <laughs> and then I finally get my stitches. Y'all y- y- heard me say two hours later, right? She, 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 she was there waiting with me, realizing that this is longer than we anticipated. But yet, and since I needed stitches, she knew I needed stitches. We couldn't go anywhere. We had to wait until they called us back. And so here it is that Jesus is telling them, I told you before, I'm going to send you power. Can somebody say power? And I'm going to send you power, but yet you need to wait for it to come. And, and what I like about that, he says, wait for the promise of the Father. And what's the promise? The promise is the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say the Holy Spirit? The promise is the Y'all with me? And so they're waiting for his promise. So here it is that do you know what God has for you? And are you willing to wait for what he has for you? Do you understand the promises of God are there for us? And he wants you to know that there's promises in your life that he has guaranteed you. But will you wait? Watch out, somebody. Will you wait for the promise to come? Here specifically, the promise to come is the power of the Holy Spirit. And here it is that it's a promise not to come with some arbitrary explanation, but the promise has a purpose. Tell your neighbor, my promise has a purpose. And so the promise he had for them has a purpose. You will receive power of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. You understand that there's a promise out there God has for you. And what he has for you, there's a purpose behind the promise. And it has power. Mm. And so will you wait on the Lord? There's awesome songs out there, you know, teach me how to wait, right? You know, and, and we sing those songs and in the process and and they and then we know that great old verse, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And and here it is that we know these verses, but now here comes a time that we need to walk it on to exercise it. Think about what he tells them. He tells them, wait on me. Why do we need to wait on the Lord? Because we need his power. We need his power to get it done. Just like as you have a cell phone or a gadget or a device, and when the power gets low, you got to charge it. And so, therefore, you got to wait for the power to rejuice so you can use it once again. Or, 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 or oftentimes, it might be a GPS device in your vehicle, and you got to be sparked. In order for it to work, so it means that you got to stop and wait until you put the information in. Then you can put it in drive so that you can go. Oftentimes, we need things to make us wait so we can get it right. 
Jesus is letting them know that I have spent these 40 days with you. You understand that's what's happening here. This is after his death, burial, and resurrection. He spent some 40 days. Can somebody say 40? 40 days. So if you're wondering, where did I find in the Bible that Jesus spent some time after right here in Acts? We just read through it. He spent 40 days. And check out closer here. He ate with them. In his resurrected body, he was able to eat with them. He broke fish with them, ate of the honeycomb. He drank with them. And another thing about his resurrected body, it was able to reappear and disappear out of nowhere. Because one time they were locked up in a room, and all of a sudden Jesus stepped in and said, hello. <laughs> and he says, my peace be with you. Calm down. I'm not a ghost. It is me. They and then Thomas was not there. He says, I won't believe it until I can stick my hand in his side and see the nails in his hand. So he came back again the same way. Poof, hello, here I am. Thomas says, it is you, Lord. Because he saw the wounds and the marks upon him. What I want to highlight to you that we, we will see a glorious resurrected body in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He spent time with them, teaching them and telling them, I'm going to give you power. And I want you to go to a specific place, Jerusalem. So wait on me. Wait until I give you this power. Sometimes the problem with us in waiting that we want it now, because remember when he, Jesus tells them to wait. We saw what they did, right? Is now the time that you're going to restore your kingdom? He had to let them know, basically, this is my translation, how I read it, because God talks to me in these ways, because this is how Sam's hard head has to understand it. He basically said, mind your business. He said, he said to them that it is not for you to know what the Father's seasons or times are. It's not for you to know. But yet, I want you to know this, that I'm going to give you power. You see how they glossed over the other part? I'm going to give you power, but you are concerned about my business. Oh, some people quiet because y'all some nosy folks in here. I understand. Y'all all about somebody else's business. Y'all worried about somebody else's business. You, you always want to know what's going on in somebody else's life. You checking out their Facebook mentions. You follow them on Twitter just to see what they're going on to. And you so concerned about them. And then you want to talk about them when they don't got things going on, when your life is messed up. Watch out somebody. It's now time for you to realize that, God, what is it that you have for me? And he says, I've given you power. I'm about to give you power. Don't get caught up with the other stuff. Be concerned with what I have given you. Sometimes that's how we are, right? You know, you, you, you buy a new device, a new one comes out. All of a sudden, you got device envy. You want that new one. You're not happy with what you have. Because something that somebody else has always seems to be better. It just seems that way. The grass is green on the other side. But you understand that God's giving you what you need. And, and oftentimes he's giving you what you can handle. Some things you want, you're not able to handle. You're not able to take care of. And some of y'all, some of y'all should be thinking, God, you didn't get that Powerball money. Watch out, somebody. You will be out your mind somewhere, somewhere, wondering what went wrong, because I didn't know what to do. And somebody told, I told you, don't do that. And, and you lost your mind, because we don't know what to do. So that's why you got that old pinto. Watch out, somebody. Because you can't handle the bins. Watch out, somebody. We need to deal with what God has given us. And so here it is. He says, though, don't be concerned with these things. And, and, and I, I can understand the disciples because they, they were under oppression. They were under the Roman government. And so basically said, Lord, is now the time? Because you, you let them kill you. You defeated death. You got up again. So isn't now about the time that you let Caesar know who Lord really is? He said, now is not the time. 
how oftentimes we want it when we want it. But we need to wait and let God move the way he wants to move. And so why we need to wait on the Lord? We need to wait on the Lord because he knows what is best. And when he knows what is best, he knows how to work it out for his glory and for his honor. And so when we have the difficulty of waiting because we want instant gratification, we need to realize that there's power in the promise and a purpose in the promise. So we need to wait on the promise. So we don't need to worry about the future. Matthew 6, 34 says this, that so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And, and you know that, that what that verse is followed by? Seeking you first the kingdom of God. <laughs> so we know that verse. Oh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all is right. Basically saying you don't worry. When we are not worried about anything else and seeking the kingdom of God, we found out, oh, God's got me covered. We all went through that in, in, earlier in Jeremiah. I write about how God got us covered, how he can provide for us, how he can protect us. If he can make Israel walk on dry land through the Red Sea and have a whole army after them and they don't get touched and they are protected and their clothes never worn out, sandals never worn out, always have food. Cannot God take care of you? In the wilderness, they had a Walmart. You know, you know, basically, you know, Walmart's place that one stop shop in the wilderness where stuff is barren. God was providing for them. Every morning they had new clothes. Because their clothes never went. Every morning they got some manna some, from the dew. They got bread. They got quail. They got fresh water. Water coming out of a rock. And so if God can do this in barrenness, can he not do this when you got a debit card, an ATM card, grocery stores on every corner? <laughs> can he not provide for you? If he can make desert into a, rut, a, rut, a place of richness that the crops and everything survive, cannot God take care of you? And so we understand that if I can wait on this promise because God will work out his promise for his people, then I don't need to worry about my future and just trust God because I know he holds my future as he holds me in his hands. And so here's another problem we have in waiting that we don't want to wait where we are. He told them, wait where? In Jerusalem. Think about how when you are at that dead-end job, you know that dead-end job, you might be working there right now. It's all right. It's all right. And you're thinking to yourself, if I was somewhere else, oh, I'll be better off. But the problem is that you have not reached your full potential where you are. That because you have a dead-end job, you have put in dead-end effort. Dead-end effort means basically since I'm not going to go anywhere, why do I need to put any more effort in? I want you to understand here that when you give your best, God takes care of the rest. Because if, if God wants you in that job, then you will see power in that job. Y'all quiet on me. I don't want that dead-end job. It's not about what you want. It's what about God has for you. Because I want you to grab closely here that some of y'all looking at me kind of blank. I lost somebody. Let me go back to the Bible. Maybe give you an example. Y'all know Joseph. Joseph had the multicolored coat. Joseph was betrayed by his brother, sold into slavery. Do you know when, jo when Joseph was in, in slavery and he was in jail and in prison, he still was giving God his best? And so he went from the pit to the palace. Now, Joseph didn't say, if I'm a good slave, I'm going to make it into the palace. Joseph said, I'm just going to honor God no matter where I am. And that's what we need to do. We need to learn to honor God no matter where we are. God has you right here. Realize there's people around you that you have not impacted yet. There's people around that you have not touched yet. There's people around you have not reached yet. I guarantee you that if you walk down the street of your neighborhood, there's something new about your neighbor you don't know about. That you can speak life into them. That you can minister to them. You can encourage them because they just need somebody to pray with them. They need somebody to share a word of God with them. 
Because I know for a fact there's people in my life I'm so blessed that they're my friends because there's times they come by and they're like, Sam, how you doing? I'm not doing so well. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Because we get caught up that sometimes we think that we don't have enough to give anything, but God is letting you know that I put you right in a position I want you to be so you can receive the power I have for you and do some miraculous work. And so you understand that he says that I want you to be my witness where here in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, then go to Samaria, then to the outer parts of the world. Sometimes we get so caught up that we think we got something great. We want to skip steps. He didn't say after, I, after the power comes, go to Judea. He says right here in Jerusalem. Jerusalem for you is where you are right now. It might be that dead end job. It might be the stress you're dealing with in your home. It might be the issues you're dealing in in your workplace. It might be the, the, the issues that you're dealing with as you're striving to go and do greater changes and make changes. You might be in college. You might be running for an elected office. You might be serving in your community. Whatever it might be doing, you understand that, you know what, what is God wanting me to do right where here, where I am? And watch this. When you are doing the work he's done, it's amazing how he makes connections. It's amazing how he makes connections. You get referrals, you get connections, you get business cards, you meet people you normally will not meet to help you get to the place you want to be and realize that, oh, God, this is how you're going to work it out. I want you to understand that God knows how to put people and the right people, not the people you want. Watch out, somebody. The right people in the place to get you in the right place. You can get the wrong people and they'll put you in the wrong position and you got the wrong job. But when you trust God and wait on him, say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to trust you. I'm, I'm going to move in obedience to you. Then I know you're going to lead me in the place you want me to be. And look how it's moving here. Jesus telling them, I want you to go and wait. And you know what happened when they got there? They said, all right, Lord, we're going to go back to Jerusalem. We're going to wait on you. And while we wait, you know what they did? They prayed. So how can you deal with the difficulty of waiting? Pray. Tell your neighbor, pray. And when they were praying, this is what it is, that they were praying for some days, y'all. You go on to look, because we see doing that when the power of the Holy Spirit comes like a rushing wind in chapter 2. Not in the first chapter. <laughs> chapter 2. I, I, what I want to help somebody understand is that oftentimes you want a great life story, but it can't all, it can't all happen in the first chapter. I, I, some of y'all clapping, yeah, I understand. Some of y'all haven't caught on to that yet. You want it all come in the first paragraph. Like, here it is. I was born. I'm a champion. Yes. <laughs> I am great. No, sometimes you got to have some ups. You got to have some downs. You got to wait. You got to wait. And you got to wait. And so it is. They wait. And they say, Lord, we're just going to pray. And as they're waiting, they're praying. And, and you see that they realize that God has given us a promise. And, also, and while they're waiting, know what? Also, they're not only are they waiting and praying, but also they're waiting in anticipation. How are they waiting in anticipation right there in the text? Did you not see it? That when he left them, how he left? He left in the cloud and they couldn't see him anymore. And two men in white robes showed up. Two men in white robes. Sounds suspicious because it is suspicious. Two men in white robes showed up. There wasn't one of them. They're like, wait a minute. Am I being an angel? God's message is telling them that the way you saw him go up, you're going to see him come back. So they say, saying, don't be concerned about, my, but yet another thing, this is that what they caught on to is this, that they might have missed. And, and what we might have missed too, we're reading this, that remember they asked, when are you going to restore your kingdom? 
Basically, let him know that this is when you're going to know. <laughs> when he comes back on the cloud, then he's going to restore his kingdom. But right now, you just got to wait. And so here it is. While we're waiting, we're waiting on the promise of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witness. And while we're waiting, there's work for us to do. And the work is for us to be his witness. Do you understand what it means to be his witness? It means to testify. It means to tell others about how good he is. You understand the gospel message is not just that he died for our sins and he rose again, but also the gospel message that he's coming back again so that we can be with him. And so while we're waiting to get there, you understand that he's changing us on the inside so one day we'll be changed on the outside. Y'all catch that? Let me rewind that and give it back to you again. We're going to change us on the inside, which means he's going to reform our heart. He's going to change the way I think. He's going to change the way I thought. The sin I used to love doing, I'm going to hate and love to praise his name and bless his holy name. That way I don't need no priming, no propping, that I'll just know how to come down to my knees and just say, Lord, I need that. I will know how to forgive others and, and bless them and curse not because he's changing me on the inside. And while he's changing me on the inside, I'm anticipating that time he's going to show up and there's going to be a trumpet sound. And there's going to be an archangel right there in the cloud in the sky. And on that cloud, I'm going to see Lord God Almighty. And, and we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But I don't know when that time is going to come. But I do have some instructions right now. And that is to wait on his promise. And his promise is that he's coming back again. And since he's coming back again, I might as well do the work that he's called me to do. And that is to be his witness. And, and I can change people right where I am with the gospel message. And Anybody have been changed by the gospel message? Has your heart been changed? And you know if he can change you, can he not change your brother? Can he not change your sister? Can he not change your mother, your father, your brother, your community? So look how he can change you, that you can go out and be more loving, more caring, to tell somebody that I serve a good God. And he can change you from the inside out. I know you're going through some rough times in your life, uh, and I've been there too. But I want you to know that there's a Lord uh, that loves you and he cares about you. All you need to do is just put your unwavering trust uh, in him uh, and find out what he can do. Because Jesus already let me know that if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. And he was lifted up, you know. They hung him high and they stressed him why he hung his head and for us, uh, he died, uh, but uh, three days that he got up with all power in his hand, because he's alive, uh, I know I can live, uh, I can walk through the valleys and the shadow of death, know that my God's got my back, uh, I can go to the streets and tell the criminals, you can tear them down, you can turn around and give your life to Christ, I can tell the thief, stop stealing and work with your hands, God got something good for you, I can tell a lie, stop lying, be truthful, God got something good for you, I can tell the adulterous person starting around and be faithful god got your back gospel message message of redemption will you be his witness and now some of you are saying well i don't know how to be when they just wait <laughs> just wait for the right time because you don't need to go knocking on the door and just tell somebody you're going to hell no no just wait this way, when somebody's coming by you, they're going to say, you know what, my life is trouble. I don't know what to do. You say, you know, I don't know what to do, but I know who to turn to. And we can pray that God can work this out, that God can change this. So let us pray. Father, we just thank you.